Are you ready for the Word of God today? Are you ready for God's Word? Man, I have got one of the funnest messages I've preached in a while, so I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'd love for you to join me. And uh, if you don't join me, I'm still going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, but it's just more fun if you come along. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and so uh, grab your Bible, your copy of God's Word. If you're at home, grab your copy of God's Word too. And truthfully, go ahead and share this link. Get in the chat. Make sure you know, that you're connecting with us in the chat. We have people to connect and serve and help you also there. But make this your church. If you're on vacation, we have a lot of pathway people traveling. No matter when you're watching this, it's all there for you. Um, but we're going to turn to two passages of Scripture to get started. And then we're going to have a lot more Scripture as we go. Um, but we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 8 and Luke chapter 6. Genesis chapter 8 and Luke chapter 6. And we're in a series of messages that we called High and Mighty. Somebody say that. High and Mighty. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that just as there are natural laws that we would say govern the universe, right? There's gravity. The easiest one is there's gravity, right? We all know what gravity is. We all, it doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not. If you jump off your house, you're going to find out gravity is constant. It is always there. It is always the same. That's how your bathroom scale works because gravity is constant, somebody. If you got on it this morning and the number went up, it is not because gravity became stronger overnight. It is because you had too many carbs yesterday, okay? All right, so come on, where are my carb loaders? I love me some carbohydrates, people. I don't know about you, Um, but this is high octane. I got to have some carbs, right? And so the other night at 10 o'clock, at night, I had to go to Walgreens and I ended up buying M&Ms. Did y'all know that they have M&Ms now where they put three different kinds of M&Ms in the same package? I was praying in the Holy Spirit. I I had Waymaker on my radio. I got out. I ran around the truck seven times and shouted, are you with me? I don't know what I was talking about, but anyways, gravity, there are laws that govern our universe and they are fixed and they are constant. And just like that, just because there's a creation earth, we also know there's another realm called heaven and it's a spiritual realm and there are spiritual laws and heaven influences earth and the way that heaven influences earth is through spiritual laws, right? Through prayer. Through faith, we talked about faith, the law of faith. The law of faith is the law of change. Nothing will change on the earth without faith because faith is what appropriates the resources of heaven and the power of heaven into the earth. So nothing moves without faith. And grace, we talked about the law of the spirit of life or we talked about grace because everything that God does is by grace through faith. It is by grace, through faith. It's how we're saved. That's how we receive from God. It's how we're delivered. It's how we're healed. By grace, through faith. His goodness, unmerited grace and favor. And then our appropriation of his goodness is faith. And so that's where we started. Today, I wanna wanna give you another spiritual law that, listen, this law, just like gravity, will work for everybody. It will work exactly the same. And it um, it will actually empower you in your own life to see immediate change, to see some things happen. Um, I, can I give you a concern that I have? In our, in our world, there's a lot of concerns that I have. If you live in this world and you don't have some concerns, bless it. <laughs> that's, that's something to be concerned about, right? Um, but um, 
But, but my concern is that what I'm seeing more and more in our world is, a, is a, an attitude or a way of thinking, an ideology that decreases responsibility while increasing entitlement. Right? And, and so because we expect people to pay off loans that we got, right? Somebody else's responsibility to pay for the loan that we took out. Well, that's a decrease in responsibility and increase in entitlement. Are you with me? And, and my concern is now brace yourself. Can I, maybe I should start this way. I'm Marty. I'm your friend. I love you. You look amazing. Have you lost weight? Um, anyway, so, but I, I feel like I, I see that, that attitude because it's prevalent in culture. I, I see it drifting into the church. And I see people kind of this way with their relationship with God. Like, I'm not responsible for what I do, but you're responsible to make my life work, God. And I'm not responsible for the decisions that I make, but you are responsible to bless me. And I'm not responsible for the fact that I don't sow or give, but you're responsible to make sure I'm taken care of. And I, listen, it's, we're going to have fun. But I see it drifting in and, and then, and then this, you know, and then we sit back and, and we kind of have this, like, there's nothing I can do about my life. I just have to sit and hope that God will do something. When truthfully, God has done everything he's going to do. Now, your level of victory is contingent upon your understanding of his law and how things work and your faith and your grace and the application of it. And God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But unfortunately, a lot of times we don't know what we have or how to use it. God has given you authority over the devil that's trying to take your family. You resist the devil and he will flee. It didn't say God would rebuke him. It'd say, no, you will resist him. He's given you authority over all the power of the enemy, right? So God has given you authority and power in the earth, the earth he has given to the sons of man. So we are actually in charge here and God has given us the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus and the word of God. He has given us everything that we need to win if we know what we have and we know how to apply it. The problem is most of the time people don't want to make the effort to know what they have or, or the energy to apply it. It's just easier to not be responsible for anything and sit back and blame God and the devil. The devil is as much at work in your life as you've allowed him to be. That was good. Like, that was not in my notes, but I just felt like we need to talk about it. And the laws of God and the power of God is working. It's just like you're as close to God as you want to be. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. How close do you want to be? Sometimes we want God close enough to help us, but not too close to interrupt what we want to do. You better put a fire emoji in the chat because I had a preacher friend tell me one time, he said, son, if you're going to preach, preach like your hair's on fire. I'm starting to feel a little heat back here. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying, listen to me, listen to me. We have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we have the word of God. I mean, I don't, listen, I don't say this in a nice and loving way, 
So many times we're sitting back saying, God wants you to do something. God's like, I put everything in your hands. I have given you everything. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You know, it, it, truthfully, and I mean, this may shock some of you, but God didn't tell us to go pray for healing. God told us to go heal. Amen. I mean, that's, yes. he said, you go lay your hands on the sick yes. and they'll recover. Yes. He didn't say, go and ask me to heal. I'm not saying we shouldn't ask God for, for healing. I'm just saying God has put healing in our hands. He yes. has put power in our spirits. He has given us authority, not just over the enemy, but over your own life. God gave you the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Many times we're trying to exercise authority over somebody else's life when God has given us authority over our own life. I don't know. I'll get to my message in a minute, but I'm having a great time right now. And so what, what this series is really about is teaching us some spiritual laws that work and they work no matter what they're constant and they work for everybody so that you can win. And I'm going to show you a law today that will help you win. It'll help you win in every area of your life because it applies to every area of your life. Amen. And so if you're in Genesis chapter 8, <laughs> Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, as long as the earth remains, is the earth remaining today? Yes. Then this must still apply. There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. Uh, one of the New King James or King James, or maybe ESV says seed, time, and harvest. Yes. So, so there's a law that God has put in motion. And the law is seed produces harvest. Sowing produces reaping. Investing produces a return. That's the law. Does that make sense? Let's look at the words of Jesus. Luke 6, 36. Jesus says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. I want you to see this. And I I use this text for several reasons. Don't judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgiven give and it will be given. Now, this is verse 38. Now, most of the time when this verse is used, you've heard it probably used in the area of finances. Give and it will be given. Now, the law we're talking about today definitely applies to finances, but I want you to notice the context has nothing to do with money. That's right. He said, be merciful, you'll receive mercy. If you judge, you'll be judged. If you condemn, you'll be condemned. If you forgive, you'll be forgiven. And then he says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, if you're sitting here like, what's, what's a good measure? If you had a just or generous merchant in these days, and you wanted a measure of, of, of grain then a good merchant would fill your measure with grain, but then he would shake it and press it and keep filling it to make sure it got completely full, that there were no pockets or areas. That, so, so this is talking about a generous return, yes. a generous merchant, because you're not just, you measure it out, and, okay, that's good. No, we're going to shake that up. We're going to press that down. We're going to shake that up. We're going to add some more. We're going to shake, we're going to press, add, and we're going to keep going until it finally just overflows. 
And so these are the laws of Jesus. He said, with the same measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. I call this message beyond measure. Beyond measure. Beyond measure. Can we pray? Father, don't let us miss this moment or your word or your truth. Holy Spirit, speak liberally. Speak liberally to us and give us ears to hear and hearts to understand and limit all the distractions. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Beyond measure. Beyond measure. I want to talk about the law of harvest, sowing and reaping, investing, getting a return. And you need to understand that what Genesis says, what God says in Genesis, is he says, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. That this is a law. That whatever a man sows, that he's going to reap. That what you give, that's what you're going to get. And I want you to understand, it, it applies in the context of finances. But it applies in every context. Yes. Yes. Right? And so if you've got your, your notes and you've got your notebook and you're ready, I want you to grab your notebook and write this down. And if you're taking notes, write it down. And if you're not taking notes, write this down. And if you're home, write this down. First thing, we are sustained by what we sow. I want you to get that truth. Because we think we're sustained by what we get. Or we're sustained by what we earn. But not according to the word of God. In fact, according to the word of God, there should always be a difference in your salary and your income. And your income should always be more than your salary. Amen. Because your salary doesn't determine what you get. Your salary determines how much seed you sow. Amen. Really, you determine based on your... So your salary is seed. Let, let, me, let me explain this. Um, in Genesis chapter 1... Verse 28. Now, y'all have heard this verse. I preached on this verse, but it says, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and take dominion. Okay. So, and then he goes, take dominion over all the animals essentially. But look at, look at this, the commission of man. This is what I think you're called to. You're called to be fruitful, to multiply, fill the earth, to subdue, which means take control of, and then dominion is the word kingdom to reign over. And we've talked about that, okay? Um, if, if you're not sure about that, go back one series and I taught all about the kingdom, okay? And so, well, not all about it, but enough about it, right? So, so, so I want you to see, this is the commission. So now the question is, well, God, how do we subdue and take dominion, be fruitful and multiply? Look at verse 29. It says, and God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed. I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Here's God talking to man. He's like, this is my, this is my, this purpose, this purpose for you. I want you to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and take dominion. And man's like, now, how do, how do we do that? Notice what God didn't say. Well, I put $100 billion in an account 
and got you and Eve matching Teslas. And I've got you an iPhone and an iPad and an iMac, right? And a, and a, and a, and internet and Wi-Fi and put Wi-Fi in the Garden of Eden. No. He didn't give them a big bank account. He didn't give them a Learjet. He didn't give them matching Teslas and computers and technology and all that stuff. And all that stuff's fine. All that stuff's great. And all that stuff can be tools. God said, I want you to take over the world, so here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you seed. Now, he had just told them they had authority over all the beasts of the field, but he didn't say you're going to be sustained by harvesting a deer, although I think that's a wonderful thing. Please don't email me about it. But he didn't say you're going to be sustained by that. It's like, well, how are we going to be fruitful? How are we going to multiply? How are we going to fill the earth? How are we going to subdue? He said, here's what he said. I've given you seed. You need to understand something about God. And you might want to write this down. God doesn't give you harvest. He gives you seed. We always want tables. God gives us trees. We want harvest. God gives us seed. And, and, and we expect harvest, but, but the truth is God doesn't work that way. Now he is the Lord of the harvest. Absolutely. Some of you Bible scholars are like, wait a second. He's the Lord of the harvest. Yes. God will oversee every seed to make sure it performs just as it's supposed to, because it's a spiritual law that he set in motion. There'll be seed time and harvest. So he is the Lord. He is God of the harvest, but the God of the harvest gives you seed, not harvest. He gives you seed and oversees your seed to make sure it produces the harvest it's supposed to produce because that's the law. Let me tell you something today. If you don't have, let me back up and say, you actually have everything you need today. Now, if you say, no, I don't, here's my argument. You may not have what you need, but you do have the seed that will produce it. Because it is a law that God will give you seed. The problem is a lot of times we're praying for harvest. And God keeps giving us seed. Um, look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply. What does he supply? Seed. What does he multiply? Seed. What seed does he multiply? The seed you have sown. Is that in your Bible? Yes. You see that in your Bible? I don't have a special edition. Right? He gives you seed. So this is the law. So here's what I know about everyone in this room. Whether you have what you need or not, you have the seed that will produce it. God has given you the seed that will produce. You have the investment it takes to get the return that you want to get the return that you need. You have it because God's word is true. And this is a law and it works for everybody. And so God has given seed to the sower. Now he's also given bread for food, right? And he says he's going to supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now here's the thing. If you could ask God one thing, let me give you, let me give you the prayer of discernment you need to ask. God, help me understand the difference between my seed and my bread. Amen. Because if you don't know the difference between seed and bread, you might eat seed. It may be that you didn't, you didn't miss out on a harvest. It may be that you ate the seed that was supposed to produce it. Wow. That's good. 
right? I mean, just saying, it could be, because this is what God does. We start talking about, we start talking about the, the, the return that we want. And we're like, God, um, yeah, it's getting real. Y'all, we got money today. Um, but we're like, God, I, I need a harvest. God, I need, I need a miracle. God, I need something financially. God, you know, whatever it is. And, and God, will you send it? And here's what God does. Well, that's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough, but it's seed. And over here, there's some time. And I can sow it. I can invest it. Right? And it's going to grow over time because that's what seed does. Listen, seed is always going to do what seed does. But it won't do it until you put it in the ground. So God gives us seed. Then we have to say, well, what is seed and what is bread? Like, for instance, if you understand tithing, you understand the first 10% is seed. Don't eat the first 10% because the first 10% is the seed that has the power to bless and multiply the next 90% to be more than 100%. Because that is also a law. And so, so he supplies seed and he multiplies seed. And so you know, even Proverbs says, it's a, it's a fool who devours all that he has. It's a fool that devours all that he has. Why? Because he ate his seed. Where's he going to get a harvest from? Can, can I be just a little bit bold here and say something as a pastor that I've experienced over and over again that, that I, I truly, I care about. Otherwise I wouldn't talk about, um, is about how many people are expecting harvests where they never put any seed in the ground. Mm. Right. How many people are, are, are sitting here and, and they're, they're, they're looking for harvest and expecting harvest, but they didn't actually sow any seed. Um, you know, last quarter, uh, Tesla paid out dividends to all their shareholders. And uh, I didn't get one. And, um, and the reason I didn't get one is because I'm not a shareholder of Tesla. Now, how foolish would it have been for me to call Elon Musk and say, uh, Brother Elon, I noticed last quarter y'all paid out dividends for all your shareholders. Yes, we did. Well, I didn't get mine. Oh, no problem. Let me get to your account where we can find how much you invested. Oh, I didn't invest anything. You didn't invest anything. No, I didn't invest anything. But you, you think you're entitled to a dividend. Well, yeah. Because you made money. I wonder if God ever feels that way. Because isn't it like, isn't it fundamentally, isn't it entitlement to expect harvest where you've done no sowing? And, and wouldn't it be silly to get mad at God for not providing you the harvest you prayed for? 
when you didn't sow the seed he gave you? I'm Marty. I'm your, I'm your friend. And I have watched people get angry at God because he is not taking care of them like someone else. And here's what I say. Maybe he's not blessing them more. Maybe they just sowed more. And sometimes I'll be like, God, I'm just as good as them. And God's like, yeah, you're just as good. By my grace, everybody is good as everybody else. You're no gooder and they're no worser. Right? Let me put an East Texan for y'all. Right? But you're like, God, you're blessing them. And maybe he's like, because they're sowing. Because you are sustained by what you sow. You're not sustained by what you have. You're not sustained by what you get. You're not sustained by what you make. You're not sustained by what someone owes you. You are sustained by what you sow. That is the law. That is the law of God, and it governs the kingdom of God, and it governs the earth. It is a natural law, and it is a spiritual law. You are sustained by what you sow. If you don't have enough, sow more. Right? Here's the second thing. You ready for this? Based on that, I'm going to give you two applications of what I just told you. You're sustained by what you sow. Here's the first thing. So you determine what you get. Look at this. Look at this. You determine what you get. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. Well, what, what would I be deceived about, Paul? God is not mocked. Well, I'm not making fun of God, am I? Whatever one sows, he will also reap. Oh, so it would be mocking God to expect the law of sowing and reaping to not work. This is what Paul said. He said, don't be deceived. You're going to reap whatever you sow. Now, I love this. I love this because the context of this one is also not giving. It's talking about flesh and spirit, right? It's talking about flesh and spirit, y'all. It's not even talking about money. Now, it will work with money, but it's talking about flesh and spirit. Paul's like, hey, you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption out of the flesh. You sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life and the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to, you're going to reap that. You decide, listen, <laughs> you, you don't, you're sustained by what you sow, but listen, you also decide what you sow into. You determine what you get. Do you want love or do you want lust? Purity or porn? I just want to fall in love with the perfect Prince Charming. Well, maybe not swapping right on Tinder is going to help. Right? Like you can decide, do you want to sow to the spirit or do you want to sow to the flesh? Because here's the law. They're both going to produce a harvest. Come on, y'all. Sin is fun until the harvest comes. Oh, you don't think sin's fun? If you don't think sin's fun, you're not doing it right. I can tell you that straight up. You need to get some help from a real sinner. 
if sin is, if sin is not fun. Like sin is fun, right? For a season. It is fun until the harvest comes. And I've had to sit across the table or across the, the office from people and they are harvesting based on what they have sown to and they have sown to the flesh and now they are harvesting and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm sorry. When you sow, you reap. I can't change your harvest today, but you can change your seed today. I can't change your harvest, but you can change where you sow. I can't fix that relationship, but we can start building towards something else. I can't fix what you're experiencing, but we can sow into some wholeness. I can't solve this, but we can give some forgiveness. Because you determine, listen, that's why I love the words of Jesus, because like you, you determine, you determine what, what you get. You, you determine. It's like people are sitting here and, and, and they're like, you know what? I, I sure wish that, that, I sure wish I had more love in my life. Then sow some love. Yes. Yes. I wish I had more friends. Try being one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I wish my wife would serve me. Stop being a jerk. Right? I wish someone cared. Maybe care for someone. I don't know why they're holding a grudge. Maybe see if you need to forgive anybody yourself. Right? Because you're going to determine what you get based on what you sow and where you sow it. I just want to fall in love with the perfect one. Maybe give up Tinder. <laughs> right? I feel alone and disconnected. Try a life group. Show yourself friendly. Love someone else. Give to someone else. They did me wrong. Be merciful. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Choose to forgive. Right? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back. Seed is going to produce. Oh, it's coming. It's coming back around. Listen, you, you got, listen, maybe sometimes you need to check your seed. Like, which seed am I? What seed is this? Mm. By the way, when Jesus says things like love your enemies, that's not about giving us a hard command just for fun. That's about harvest control. Because when you are hated, isn't it so easy to justify hate? When they are wrong, isn't it so easy to justify? But they're wrong. I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to hold a grudge. And that's why Jesus says, wait a second, you got hate. Now you can decide, are you going to sow hate or are you going to sow love? Because if you sow it, you're going to get it. And so Jesus gives us the power. See, I wish I, you know what I want to talk to you? I want to talk to you about the the seed the devil gives you. 
Because see, even whether you believe in the law, oh, this is so good. Whether you believe in the law of sowing and reaping, he does. You don't believe me? Matthew 13, it says, the kingdom of God is like a man who went out in the field and began to sow seed and he sowed good seed in the field. But then at night, his enemy went in and sowed tares among the wheat. Sowed tares among the wheat. He loves, listen, the enemy loves to give you some seed. He loves to give you the seed. Can I talk about seed? He loves to give nowadays because I see it all the time. He loves to give you the seed of offense. Hey, can I help you all with something? Just because you're offended doesn't actually mean you're right. Like offense is not the fruit of righteousness. Usually it's the fruit of immaturity. Right? Because we got a world. Uh, you remember when Forrest Gump, you remember in Forrest Gump where they got up that one time and Forrest was like, one day it just started raining. <laughs> and it didn't quit. Like there was sideways rain and big bloppy rain and little skinny rain. Y'all remember this? That's how I feel. One day I woke up and everybody's offended about everything. And they're offended about this and they're offended about that and they're offended about this. And then I started noticing they've made the assumption that because they're offended, they're right. Many times I've found my offense is my immaturity, not my righteousness. Yes. Right? Yeah. And by the way, offense is an event. Being offended is a choice. Yes. And so I, I want to talk to you about the seed the devil gives you because he will straight up give you seed and he wants you to sow it, sow that offense. Sow that bitterness, sow that jealousy, sow that unforgiveness. I'll try to tell this story and be honoring, but I think it's, this is where I got this. Um, so, you know, most of y'all know I had a really hard year. I went through a divorce. I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to be dishonoring to anybody about any of that. Um, but um, lately we've had, there's some people that I think probably are Christian people. They say they are. Um, and they've, they've, how do you say it? Let me simplify it. They've been really mean, <laughs> right? And I, I've got people writing letters, send them around the city, send them to other pastors, send them to our pastors, send them to our elders, send them to my house. I had a dear Christian uh, threaten to uh, whoop my donkey. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm like, I don't even have a donkey. <laughs> I guess when I read it, I put it in old King James because yeah. they were a Christian. I'm like, they're quoting the Bible. This is old King James. They're going to whoop my donkey. I put, I moved it to NLT from old King James. <laughs> now, of course, the fleshly part of me is like, I kind of wish you'd included your name and address because I'd like to know where to collect my donkey that's going to be whipped. <laughs> <laughs> and then his letters come to the church and then I uh, got a letter from a person who'd gotten a letter included their letter and um, the letters are just to be honest they're so silly they're just it's like I mean it's like people that don't even know you and don't it's amazing how all of a sudden they know everything about you when we've never met you know <laughs> And, and they know everything about your story. And it's like, no, there are people that know everything about my story and you are not them, whoever you are. 
Um, I can assure you, you don't know everything about my story um, because I haven't shared it. And so, um, so anyways, um, but I got this letter the other day. They sent me a letter and of course they didn't put, they never put their name. I don't know. There's all these letters and no one ever puts their name on them. Um, you know, I would just say, if you want to write me a letter, that's fine. Put your name on it. Like, I'm not a violent person. Um, but, um, but it's really mean. It really is. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of in jest, but you know, when you have a dear saint of God threatening to whoop your donkey, um, you know, and, and they put the letter in your mailbox and then you're like, well, I don't know, you know, and I mean, I've had threats. I've had a lot of things. Doesn't really matter. But uh, I had this letter the other day and and this Christian was telling me, again, that does probably, I don't even know if I know him, but they definitely don't know my story. And they were telling me, you know, that was unforgivable and should never be allowed to preach and should never be allowed to be a pastor. And I don't even think I'm allowed to attend church or go to heaven. Um, <laughs> and what I realized in that moment, and this is where I got this, is the devil was giving me seed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. it would be real easy. Because yeah. can I, full disclosure, yeah. uh, 20, 25 years ago, someone did something against me and I recalled the scripture where when the ark was stolen by the Philistines, God sent tumors and rats. So I was praying the people that did me wrong would have tumors and rats. I, I'm just being honest. I got to work this out like you, but, but now I'm a lot more mature. Thank you, Jesus. And a lot more wise. And I realized the devil started giving me the seed and I was like, man, Boy, that, that hurts. I don't, how can they call themselves a Christian and say that? They don't even know. This is gossip, slander. I mean, this is a, what they're doing is against the law. Like defamation, but you don't know anything about me. You don't know my story. And man, I could get, like he was handing me bitterness yeah. and resentment yeah. and hatred, yeah. right? Yeah. And unforgiveness, and, and this is where I learned this. And God said, he's handing you the seed. What do you want to do with it? I was like, well, all of a sudden I got Cajun, you know. Like... <laughs> And, and I kept hearing this, love your enemies. Pray for those who scorn you. And I decided to take that seed and I made a commitment. I'm gonna pray for the people that have sent me these letters and that are writing these. I'm, I'm gonna pray for them every day right after my kids. Like I move them high. That's high, by the way, that's high, as high as you can get on my list right after my kids, right? And so, I mean, no offense. I even moved y'all down one to move them up one. Okay, and so, but I love you more. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> and so here's what I did. They, they gave me bitterness and resentment and scorn and hatred. And I started saying, God, I forgive them. God, I want you to bless them. I want you to bless their children and their grandchildren. God, I want you to give them peace. I want them to experience your love and joy today. I want them to know your presence today like never before. God, I want them to have an incredible day today. I want them to receive love today. God, pour out your grace and mercy upon them today. 
God prosper the work of their hands today. I just decided I'm going to take every seed that the devil gave me and I'm not going to, I'm not going to plant it and sow it here because seed's going to bring a harvest. And whether God gives me seed or the devil gives me seed, I'm going to redeem that seed and I'm going to put it over here where it gets the harvest that I want. I don't want a harvest of hatred. I want a harvest of love. I don't want a harvest of bitterness. I want a harvest of forgiveness. Are you with me? And so I just decided the devil gives me seed too. Praise God. When he gives me seed, you know, the the meanest thing you can do to the devil is say, thank you. It's like bonus seed. Because God, God had given me seed and now the devil, look here, the devil gave me seed. I'll just put it over here. I'll just work it this way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take that devil. Right? Listen, you determine what you get based on what you sow and where you sow it. Here's, here's what I learned. You cannot control what they do, but you can control what harvest you get. You can't control what they say but you can determine where you're going to plant and where you're going to sow and where you're going to invest and where the return is coming. And when the, when the devil sets you up with seed that's going to produce all types of bad harvest, you can take it and bless it and forgive and love and pray and move it right over into the kingdom of God and get a harvest of love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and You determine, you determine what you get. Now, now here's, here's the last thing. You ready? You determine how much you get. I, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but in all the points, I took God out of all the points. I rewrote them. Because I want to talk about, you know, God gives you seed. And, and then I wrote, no, no, no. You are sustained by what you sow. You determine what you get. You determine how much you get. We determine how much, because I want you to understand God gave us the law and God set it in motion and now it's up to us what we do with it. Because it will work today. It will work for every person. See, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, now the context here is money, but still works same law. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously also will reap generously. Notice God does not determine whether it's sparingly or generously. It's based on what you sow and how much you sow. Right? Whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly, generously, reaps generously. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart. Giving always starts in the heart. Amen. Giving always starts. That's why here we don't take an offering. Because it's in your heart or it's not. Right? It's in your heart. It's in your heart or it's not. That's why we have offering boxes at the back and people give online, but we don't actually take an offering. Because to me, I want you to give as you, one verse says, give as you've determined in your heart. I want you to decide how you're going to give in your heart. If I can compel someone to give or manipulate someone to give, 
That's not helpful for them or for me. Amen. Right? But for you to search your own heart and say, I don't know. Is the kingdom of God worth investing? Should I invest there? Should I give there? That's something you got to figure out. I mean, I know the answer for me, but you got to figure that out. I mean, I know the answer for you, but you still got to figure it out. I mean, I know that based on the word of God. I'm not preaching from the first book of Marty. God knows we don't need that. Like that could, listen, <laughs> wouldn't be worth showing up for. Um, but, but, but here's what he says. Give as you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, look at all the alls, in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in all good works or every good work. Now, what is the secret to blessed abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need will abound in all your work? Whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly and whoever sows abundantly, reaps abundantly. Here's what this means. Listen to me very carefully. You determine the level of your blessing. You determine the size of your return. You determine the size of your crop. That it, 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 God, this is what he does. God puts responsibility in our hands. God puts power in our hands. And he's like, hey, I'm going to let you determine what you get. And I'm going to let you determine how much you get. That's what he says right here. Like, like Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says this. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Here's what he just said. One gives and gets richer. One holds on to everything. And, and ends up in want. I had a preacher friend one time, he had this thing. He said, you know, some people get all they can, can all they get, and then sit on the can. That's kind of our culture, isn't it? Like, get all you can, I'm gonna get mine. Can all you get, sit on the can. And what Solomon says, you're gonna sit on that can and go without. Or you can sow and you're going to have all the more that you get to determine. God said, I put a law here and you can determine when and how you use it. But it will work whenever it's employed. Um, I want to make this point. Luke 6, 38. We read it. I want to read it again. It says, given it will be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom or your lap, into your life. Now look at this. For with the same measure... Everybody say, same measure. Same measure. You use, it will be measured back to you. With the same measure. There are two measures. You determine when you sow how you measure. Now, we know how God measures. Press down, shaking together, running over. But God said, it's going to be measured back to you with the same measure that you use. Right? Now, I'm going to come back to that. I want you to have that in your mind. Because here's the truth. Here's the other thing. Regardless of how you measure, 
regardless of how you measure, remember the law is you're always going to get more than what you sow, right? I put about two to three dollars in each of these wonderful banks. And first of all, you know it's a straight up good day at Pathway when somebody's putting on safety goggles. Listen, guys. And I know what you're thinking. That is the coolest looking man with those safety goggles I have ever seen. Our pastor is so bougie. Those are probably Gucci. Um, no. But, but here's, 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 here's the, the truth of it is when you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple. You get a tree with apples full of seeds. When you plant a tomato seed, you don't get a tomato. You get a tomato plant with a lot of tomatoes with a lot of seeds. It is a fundamental law of the universe, of harvest, that whatever you plant multiplies. Now, you can decide if you plant an acre of tomatoes or five acres of tomatoes or a hundred acres of tomatoes. You can decide if you plant one tomato seed or five million tomato seeds. Regardless, this is, oh, this is so good. This is law. Now, this, this is what's sobering. Because over here, I have sown a couple of dollars into the spirit. And I've sown forgiveness and I've sown love. I've sown into Pathway and I've given to other ministries. I've sown. And, but, but I really only put about $2, $3 in here. But when harvest time comes, because see, there's seed, time, harvest. I've already done this once. How y'all doing? And so then harvest comes. And even though I only put a couple dollars in, you can't jump into the devil. Because it's a fundamental law. It's a fundamental law of harvest that you always get back. Does this make y'all nervous when we preach with a hammer? This is the greatest day ever for so many reasons. Right? Woo! So, so, so the law of harvest is, the law of harvest is, you always get back more than what you sow. Now here's the sobering thing. It works in both fields. Because you're always going to get back more hatred than you sow. You're always going to get back more envy than you sow. You're always going to get back more jealousy than you sow. You're always going to get back more unforgiveness. And just the same way, no matter what you sow, you always get back more. These were the pigs that Jesus cast the devils into that 
I'll be here all week. Anyways. So listen, you're always going to get back more than what you sow. But here's, here's, here's what I love. Luke, Luke tells us, but Jesus said it. And here's what he said. You want something beyond measure? You determine the measure. Because I think sometimes we're praying and we're asking God and we're saying, God, I need a blessing. And God says, okay. And he tells an angel, he says, we've got to bless Marty. He needs, he needs help. We got to bring some, we got to bring some of that seed out. We got to, we got to bring some harvest. Remember he's watching over the harvest, but you watch over the seed. You plant it. And so here's what he says. He says, he says to the angel, he said, I want to pour out a blessing go get the measure he used. And I determine whether the angel comes back with this or with this. Now they're both going to produce more, but I determine if I'm going to get that shaken, pressed down and running over, or if I'm maybe just going to get enough to get more seed in the ground. Because it says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured back. And I think sometimes we're up there, we're saying, God, I want you to move. God, I want you to move. And God's like, hey, go get, go get his measure. And they come back and God's like, oh, man, this law, I think it's what God thinks. This law works so good. I so wish he'd used a different measure. So this is the time for harvest. And I so wish that he had tried a different measure. I wish he'd have used this measure. Because remember, God, he's all about the harvest. He wants you to see harvest. He's been watching over your seed. He's been watching over the word to make sure that he would perform it, to make sure that the word would come to pass. He's been watching over your seed. And I think when it's time, God says, go. And I tell you what, when God says, okay, all right, Sarah needs a blessing. James needs a blessing. Go get me their measure. And I think when the angel comes back, God's like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Because now, now I just get to pour out a multiplied blessing, but using their measure. And I think nothing pleases him more. Listen, God wants you to live beyond measure, to harvest beyond measure, to have a return that's beyond your measure. And his promise is it will be beyond your measure, but he will use your measure. My question then is today, here we are. And God's saying, you're going to be sustained by what you sow. And you're going to determine what you get. And you're going to determine how much you get. Now, here, here's my question. What are you going to do with this message? I was actually praying about the message. I guess it was Friday. I was out walking and praying. That's usually where I get most of my prayer done because I'm ADD. So something about walking helps me. Um, and, uh, and so I was walking, I was praying. And I felt like the Lord said, what are you going to do with the message? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to preach it. 
I have always found if God is asking a question, he is never looking for information. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. What are you going to do with the message? Going to preach it? He said, you don't need to sow any seed. You don't want to take me up on this unbelievable offer. Now, I've, I've been sowing seed. In, in January, the Lord spoke to me. He wanted to increase me financially. And so instead of sitting back waiting on financial increase, I started putting more seed in the ground. So I've been doing that since January. But I felt like the Lord said, I want you to sow a, sow a seed financially. And for me, it's a sacrificial seed, especially this season in my life, quite frankly. And, and God's like, I, w- I want you <laughs> to practice what you preach. God, you so crazy. <laughs> And here's what I want to just say to you. What do you need to do with this message? Do you need to sow a seed? It could be financial and it may not be. I don't know. I mean, if you have a financial need, I think sowing financial seed, you know, you don't usually sow apples and get tomatoes. You know, so I think if if you need apples, sow apples, you know. Uh, But for me, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to give financial a financial offering, a seed to the ground. So that's what I'm going to do today. Been talking about it with him all day. Figured, I think I've think I figured out the amount. And so I just want to encourage you, don't let this, I just felt such, when I was praying about it, I just felt such an anointing on this message. It's not taught a whole lot anymore, but it's a spiritual law. And, and, and what I felt, my heart was, don't just hear a good message where we blew up some pigs and, and, and go home. But if the law is the law, figure out how to use it today. Figure out how to use it today in your life. Maybe you need to sow some forgiveness where it's not deserved. Most of the time, forgiveness is not deserved. Sometimes people ask you to forgive them. That's nice. Maybe you need to sow some forgiveness. Maybe you need to sow some love. Maybe you need to sow some kindness. Maybe there's something you need to do. But maybe you need to give. I don't know. But here's what I'm almost begging you, whether you're online or in this room. Don't just hear a message and go home today. Figure out what you're going to do with the law of sowing and reaping because God wants you to live beyond measure. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you so much, um, God, for this moment. Thank you so much for what you're speaking to all of us. God, I pray right now you'd speak to every person in this room. Will you take a moment and just ask God, God, what are you saying to me? Speak to every person in this room. Every person in this room. And God, as, as, as they are being bold in their face saying, God, show me where I need to sow. Show me what I need to sow. Show me how. Show me where. God, I pray you would show them. Show them the seed that they have and where to invest it, where to plant it. God, I pray that for everyone. Lord, let us not just hear another good message, but God, let us, let us do something with the word of God today. With our heads bowed, you're just listening for God to speak. And if you're online, stay with us. But I just want to ask if there's anyone that needs a relationship with God today. 
your heads bowed. No one's looking around, not trying to embarrass anybody, but I just want to give opportunity. And whether you're online or you're in the room and you're like, you know what? I need a relationship with God. And you know, I mean, you have one or you don't. There's not really, it's really not another way. Like you, you talk to him or you don't, you hear him or you don't. I mean, he's first or he's last, you know, it's one of those things and no condemnation, but sometimes it makes it easy. But if you feel that in your heart today, something say, man, I, I need a relationship with God today. I need to be close to him today. Then I, I want to pray for you, whether you're in the room or whether you're online. So I just want you, no one's looking around, but I want you to do this just between you and God, but it acknowledges it's kind of a, an action. It's something you do by faith. But if that's you and you need a relationship with God, will you just lift your hand up and say, God, here I am. I need a relationship with you. I want to know you. And even if you're in your living room by yourself, just lift your hand up and say, God, here I am. And if you lifted your hand, we're going to pray together. It's, it's, not, it's not so much the words, it's the heart, but I'll give you some words and be helpful. But you would pray this, Lord, I, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I ask that you forgive me, cleanse me, make me new. I want to be transformed. I want a relationship with you. I want to follow you the rest of my life. So God, that's my commitment. That's my decision. So forgive me of anything that I've done wrong or everything that I've done wrong. And as your word says, make all things new in my life. And God, I pray as they pray their prayer, God, they would sense you. You'd be so close. You'd speak. You'd reveal yourself to them. And, um, and God, I just pray that you would show them who you are. Reveal yourself to them and reveal your plan for their life to them and help them follow you in it. God, help us all follow you and help us all today. God, help us all today just walk in obedience of your word. God, to, to, to understand, God, this principle, this law. And God, help us all to sow good seed in good ground so that we see a return 30, 60, and 100 fold. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, can you give Jesus one more? One more praise. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. We end all of our worship experiences with a time of prayer for anyone who needs prayer. And so today, if you lift your hand or you just need prayer, we would love to pray with you. Everyone else, we say a big God bless you. If you're online and you need prayer, you can text my pathway prayer to 77977. Be our honor to pray with you. So if you need prayer, get prayer. Everyone else, we say a big God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next weekend.